Welcome to the Nomadic Mindset Season 1. My name is Kevin Cottom, a global nomad and the author of the leadership book, The Nomadic Mindset Never Settle for Too Long. Over the season, we will go on a journey to discover what is the nomadic mindset and how you can tap into that. For this, I will be interviewing a diverse group of cross-cultural thought leaders from all walks of life. So let's get on with it. Let's go nomading together. Welcome to the Nomadic Mindset Podcast. Can you believe it? We are now at the end of season one. It has gone so incredibly fast and I've been having a fantastic time and I hope that you have also. In this special final episode of the Nomadic Mindset Podcast Season 1, I know you are going to be blown away by this insightful, super cool South African gen blender. Let me introduce Alison Gordonier. Her intent is to put humanity back into business. She's an ambassador for change, bringing new models of thought, behavior, and integrity to the world. As a generation specialist, she serves as a catalyst in synergizing generational differences to create intergenerational unity. Allison is a true woman with a dynamic nomadic mindset who calls a spade a spade for generation X entrepreneurs to billionaire Gen Xs and boomers. She is Allison Gordonier. Allison, please share with our audience what is a Gen Blender? To start off with, let's backtrack a little bit. I am what you would refer to as a generation specialist. So really what that is, I haven't done a degree on generations or anything like that, but I spend a huge amount of my time with the various generations. Okay, so and mainly four, four of the key generations. And those are obviously baby boomers, uh, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Zs, as we call them in South Africa, in the States, and probably where you are, you call them Gen Zs. Obviously, spending as much time as I do with these generations, I've learned an incredible amount about their traits, what they value, their behaviors. And what I came to realize is that these generations are vastly different. Doesn't make one right and one wrong. They are just very, very different. And what I also came to to realize is that when you put these generations together in a space, i.e. a business, you get a huge amount of, of separation. So in other words, these generations all go back into their little bubbles of, you know, my values are right, my behaviors are right, and every other generation is wrong. This became very, very obvious to me, and it leads to just very unhappy working environments, no sort of cohesiveness, no unity. And I thought, you know what, I really have to work with this, and and we need to shift the paradigm. So... I worked on an initiative that I call Gen Blending. So really what that is, is I sit with the various generations, the various modalities that I use when I'm in a business, and we literally blend the generations. So that's where the term Gen Blending comes from, and then I just refer to myself as a Gen Blender. It's not like a blending machine that you blend up food, but it might be, right? 
Well, I mean, let's just take the word blend, right? I mean, you know, what is the definition of the term? And really, the definition of the term is just, you know, taking all sorts of magical ingredients, right? Putting them all together and blending them, you know, so that you make some magical concoction. And that's what we do, you know. Um, We take all of the, the gifts, as I call them, that each generation brings and we blend them together to make this unified, collective, cohesive, beautiful thing. Uh, and, and it's magical, honestly, Kevin. I mean, you know, in the organizations that we, that we really get this right, it's incredible to see the magic. So let's just talk about a story of the magic, because I think this hmm. is fascinating for our audiences, because our audiences are struggling a lot of the time. That's one of the things that you hear globally, struggling with the generational divide. And so I love it that you don't put the divide in there, but you put into the blending, because I think the blending is how we bring it together, as opposed to dividing, which you call is separation, which is so true. Yeah. So share with us a magic that's happened. I certainly can. Am I okay? Am I allowed to swear? on your podcast. <laughs> so why because, not? Go for it. Okay. Only because I want to be I want to be authentic to the story, right? Sure. Okay. So there was an amazing situation that happened probably about 18 months ago now, maybe more. And I received this a call from a CEO of a business based in Johannesburg. And this guy called me and he was like He was venting, to be honest, Kevin. He was just going off about, you know, how he can't cope with these millennials and his business and these kids and they're just so entitled and he he just can't do it anymore. Believes I work with them. Please, can I come up and visit? So to cut a long story short, I hop on an airplane, fly up to Johannesburg and I meet with this guy. Now, this guy is a Gen X, okay? So just so we're clear on on Gen X, what what sort of age groups are we talking about? 44 to 56 age group, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, I arrive at his business. We walk into the boardroom. Now, I'm going to paint you a picture of this boardroom because it's relevant, okay? So we're in this long rectangular room with a long rectangular boardroom table. Are you picturing this? Absolutely. Okay really synonymous with probably 95% of corporate boardrooms, correct? Absolutely. Right. So he sits on one end of this table and I sit on the other. Okay. So already separation, okay? A huge divide between him and I. Anyway, I say to him, and for want of a different term, we're going to call this guy Eric. Don't want to use his proper name. Anyway, he, I say to him, right, Eric, off you go. Tell me what's happening in your business. And he stands up, this guy, and he starts to vent. And when I tell you vent, he literally goes on a monologue and he's walking around his boardroom and he's, you know, his facial expressions are, are angry and he's, you know, he's using the F word every five minutes and he's, you know, body language is very in your face. Anyway, he, he just starts sprouting. And he's, you know, he's going on about, you know, the the problem with these millennials and they just don't get it and they're just on a different page and they're so entitled and I can't work with this and this is my business and yeah, 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 he goes on and on and on. Anyway, he eventually gets to a point in this monologue where 
he stands at a spot in his boardroom, make-believe spot, right? And he starts with these sort of hand gestures. And he says to me, right, he says, now, Alison, I want you to picture this. And I say, what am I picturing? He says, we're going to dig a trench, right? And he makes out as if he's picking up a shovel and he's making out as if he's digging, right? And he's digging and he's digging. And I'm saying to him, okay, so how deep is the stretch? Deep, he tells me. It's deep. It's really, really deep. And he's digging and he's digging. And anyway, eventually he, he sort of shows, I mean, he doesn't have a real shovel in his hand, but he pretends to kind of throw this thing away. And I say, now what happens? Have you finished digging? He says, absolutely. He says, now you jump into this trench. I say, okay. And he makes as if he jumps into this trench. And then I say, all right, and what happens now? He says, now, my girl, now, he says, you start to claw your way out of this trench. And he's giving me these, <laughs> these sort of, um, showing me like he's clawing out of, out of this trench. And I'm thinking, oh, my word. Then she sort of gets as if he's at the top of this trench. And then he stands up, he straightens up, and he points to me, and he goes, and that, my girl, is how you become a multi-billionaire. And he sits down. And I go, oh, wow. I say to him, okay, I'll tell you what we need to do. I say to him, pick up your cell phone and phone five of your millennials in your business. Can we do a random pick of these millennials? Can they come from different departments in your business? Can they be a variation of gender and culture? And he says, fine. So he phones these five youngsters, and in they come. Now, they don't have no idea why they're coming into the boardroom. They all walk, and I start observing their behaviors, and it's fascinating. Anyway, they sit down, and I'm particularly interested in one youngster who's sort of like on the edge of his chair. Now, he's, he doesn't know why he's being called into the boardroom. He's obviously a bit nervous, but anyway, off we go. So I, he introduces me, and um, I say to him, well, Eric, could you please repeat what you just did for me the whole monologue try not to leave anything out but i'd like your guys your millennials to hear so off he goes same vent same monologue gets to this imaginary spot in his boardroom standing there starts to tell him this is a trench he picks up this imaginary shovel he starts pretending that he's digging the shovel well by this stage kevin i promise you the I'm just observing, right? I'm literally observing these five millennials. The facial expressions, if I'd had a camera in the room, would have just been classic. But this <laughs> youngster who was on the edge of his chair, we'll call him Sammy. Sammy now had eyes like dinner plates. Honestly, <laughs> he was just like, what is going on here? I cannot believe what I'm observing. Anyway, Eric is now digging, digging in. He's dig this trench and this trench is deep and you know, and then he says, right, and then you jump into this trench. And he says, and then you start this journey of clawing your way out of this trench. And these guys are all like leaning forward, <laughs> watching all of this. And then, of course, he straightens up and he says, and that, and he points to them and he says, that is how you become multi-billionaires. And there is silence in the room, Kevin, like you can hear a pin drop. And I simply waited. I thought, okay, who is going to break the silence? And eventually, and it felt like forever, I promise you, eventually, Sammy, this youngster was on the end of his chair, could not contain himself anymore. And he just looked at Eric and he went, sorry, but what the fuck is a trench? 
(laughs) (laughs) And I mean, there was just, there was almost like stunned disbelief on Eric's face. And he went, he turned to this youngster and he went, are you actually taking the piss? This was the conversation. So I asked you if I could swear. And um, Sammy went, no. He said, sorry, Eric, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, what is a trench? The moral of the story, and I've taken a while to get to the moral, but you needed to understand the background. The moral of the story, Kevin, is that Eric was using First World War analogies right, that these millennials, and I call them Safri-lennials, okay, so in other words, South African millennials, had absolutely no idea of his analogy of a trench. None. It, it, it was so foreign to them. So I jumped at in this point and I said, okay, Eric, can you explain the analogy to these youngsters? They don't get it. So he did goes into this whole explanation of the trenches and how difficult it was in the First World War and yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got to come through the trenches in order to be successful. And by the end of it, the one youngster turned around. He said, why don't you just call it a hole? (laughs) But apart from that, what we got out of all of this eventually is they all shared with him, unanimously, all of them said, But why would you bring us into your business to backtrack 30, 40 years in terms of what you have learned? They said, that doesn't make sense to us. Surely you've brought us into your business because we are fresh. We we think differently. You know, we, we have different paradigms. Doesn't that make sense that you embrace those? instead of expecting us to go back to where you were when you first entered into the world of business. And they all said to him, Kevin, and this was what was amazing, because when I asked the question from them, I said, what is it that you want from Eric? They all said, they said, we think you are legend. That was the word they used. They said, we think you are absolutely legendary. We think what you've achieved in your life as a single individual entrepreneur a billionaire, you're amazing. But what we can tell you is we are not going to walk your walk. It's crazy. It doesn't make sense for us to go back and do it the way you did it. So we'd like you to mentor us in the lessons that you learned when you were journeying your journey, digging your trenches, clawing your way out, whatever. But in the same breath, let us mentor you on our new way of thinking and being that's the story wow co-mentoring the generations coming together somewhere in between huh yeah absolutely i call it cross-pollination mentoring Mm, nice cross-pollination we love it when we can have it like a bee yeah buzzing buzzing, pollinating that's wonderful that's a great story and i and i'm sure that many people that are listening will have a a relationship with that so if that's the case then we must have this understanding of how to bring together and the as you say the separation is there and i want to share with you a story which i think Mm. is very interesting and i think that this comes to the nomadic mindset 
and which your people also come from as well and the, the different, I would say, in the different generations as well. In that when I was in Morocco doing my work for the nomadic mindset in the research, I was sitting listening to this fellow and he, he's a Berber and I asked him, well, how do Berbers do business and how do people come into the business? And they said, well, what we end up doing is what's very important for us is that we come in, we invite people into the business and we ask them to not necessarily specialize in anything, but to learn all the different aspects of a business and learn all of them. And we will, you know, I will share with you, you share with me and whichever. And then at the end of two years or whenever, I'm going to ask you to leave. And when I want you to leave, you leave and you go form your own business using the same. And then you can bring people into your business and do the same thing to share and to bring together and so that everybody can learn and grow. And I was floored because this was like, you're asking them to leave. You're telling them to go off and create something else. And he said, well, you know, that's the point is, is that how do you gain impetus and how do you gain network and how do you gain is by doing this because those people are now loyal to you and then other people become loyal and you create this huge network that's just sprawling to do business together. I love it. And I thought that makes total sense. Total sense, but what a different paradigm, right? It's a total different paradigm. It's a different mindset, and it's coming from the basis of humanity of how survival is, is that you need community to be able to function in a business, right? And so that's, and that's exactly what you're saying in many ways. Yep, 100%. I mean, so there's a couple of things that spring to mind just by you sharing this, this story, and I love it. And I just want to say, I mean, it's so relevant for right now, Kevin. I mean, yes. so relevant. You know, if you look at, to a lesser extent, the millennials, but but definitely the Z generation or the Z generation. This is a, a generation, here we're talking age groups sort of from about eight to 25, okay? Mm. So let's, I mean, we, we're talking about business here. So let's, you know, go to that sort of 20 to 25 age group. So these are the youngsters that are arriving. They're literally arriving into a, a space of career. I'm not even going to use the word work because it's not a language they relate to at all. And by the way, language is really, really big when, when I work with the genes, huge. With the Zs, they they all about co-creation. So this is a very, very powerful word. The millennials are more about collaboration. Okay, so they love to to get together as as a squad is a word that comes up a lot here or a tribe, and they love to bounce stuff you know with each other in this tribe. You know they like to dress like the tribe, they like to talk like the tribe. That's very much millennial. But the Zs are even beyond collaboration; that they move into the space of creation, right? So. I don't just want to collaborate, but I want to create. I want to create something something new, something different. I want to be part of that creation. So it's a beautiful thing. I mean, it really to to observe it and see it happening is is and they won't, you know, they don't accept no. You know, I'm sorry, you're not. You're at the bottom of the food chain here. You're gonna work your way up in this business. They they just will not accept that. So these paradigms are, are fascinating for me 
Um, even I've been thinking about new language actually recently, now that obviously we have the time to, to really sort of start creating in our own minds. And I've been thinking about words like reinvent and, you know, realign. And, you know, these are words we've used quite a lot, especially in the, in the, in the previous decade. And for me, they're obsolete now because there's no re-anything. Now it's new. So for me, it's new invent. It's new align, you know, because we're not re-anything. You know, we, 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 everything is, we literally have to be thinking about everything in a new way, particularly now of, of, over this period, because nothing will be as it was. So, and the Z generations do that, that they bring in this new way of thinking. Some of the millennials, but definitely this is a generation we need to focus on. And, and to your point of coming in and learning and then going off is beautiful because it literally just shifts this whole paradigm of being an employee, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's another word. Don't use the word employee with a Z. They just, it's like, sorry, what is that? And we start to move into areas, you know, of, of playing with the term preneur. You know, so we're all very familiar with the word entrepreneur. In South Africa, we have a lot of what we call townshippreneurs, okay? So youngsters who are starting businesses in the townships and in their places where they live because they have no other option. And in order to survive, they've got to start their own little businesses. So we call them townshippreneurs. You have solopreneurs, intrapreneurs. So again, for me, I think there's going to be a whole awakening of, of new ways of being and, and really starting to look at how do we define this term preneur. I think that you are ahead of the world, actually. <laughs> I think you're ahead of where you are down south in the bottom, the almost bottom tip of Africa there in Cape Town. I think that you really, you know, what you're saying we hear about entrepreneur, that's like the big thing, entrepreneur, but you're talking about townshippreneurs, which are relative to the people there. And this is beautiful, the language that you're starting to create. I think what was also very interesting to me is that there's so many things which are fascinating, is that there's often within organizations today that you hear, and maybe it's becoming less so, I don't know, but the problem is, is that they, there is this thing about, well, if we give you everything, then we, you ought to stay because we've invested a lot of money in you. And so therefore you must stay for, with us and then we give. And you hear them get so terribly angry, a lot of the HR and also CEOs, oh, they've left, we spent a lot of money. And so instead of the they as humans, they're putting them mm -hmm. as a debit instead of a credit to the organization. So totally. what do you say to that? No, no, I, I completely agree with you. Well, let's just, you mentioned HR, right? So what does HR stand for? It stands for human resource, right? Mm. Now, again, you know, here's a reword, resource. I mean, since when is a human a resource with all due respect? I mean, I get that, you know, maybe IT is a resource, right? Mm. Finance is a resource, but, but a human being has got to be more than a resource, Kevin. You know, again, I think it's just the whole way that we have perceived 
the role of humans or, or, or and to your point, just humanity in organizations has to shift. And, you know, I'm so sick of hearing about industrial revolutions. That's another word that, oh, my, please, can we just move on, you know, because I don't know about where you are, but certainly in, 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 S, in South Africa, we've been talking a lot about the fourth industrial revolution and we're moving into the fifth industrial revolution. I'm like, okay, industrial revolution in itself is old language. But if you if, if you think about how big corporates have been run and exist, they exist in this ancient paradigm of the first industrial revolution where it is command and control. You know, so it, it's it's a pyramid business model. The one percent or point whatever percent sit at the top. It's all command. It's all control. Everything gets fed down down the pyramid to, you know, that big chunk of humanity in inverted commas that sits at the base of this of this pyramid. Now you're wanting this this big chunk to be engaged happy, productive, and all of these beautiful things when they are literally being treated as resources. I mean, honestly, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize that this is so illogical, so illogical. And so what is starting to happen, and part of what we do in gene blending, actually, is we absolutely annihilate old business models. So it does take very brave and courageous leaders to even allow us into their businesses, to be honest. But those that really, you know, are brave and are courageous, one of the first things we do is we say, okay, the pyramid is dead, no longer exists. It doesn't mean that your role as a CEO or your role as a CFO no longer exists. Those roles remain. And the responsibilities attached to those roles remain. However, the structure of where those roles sit and how they interconnect is what changes. And so we start developing, we start creating, here's the co-creation, new business models. And it is fascinating, Kevin, when you see what the millennials and the Gen Zs come up with. It's the furthest from a pyramid or a rectangle than you will ever find. <laughs> Most times, well, certainly the millennials, what I find is a very common shape is a circle. And with the Zs, interestingly, their shape is a spiral. Mm. So, yeah, and I mean, it, if you just think about this, okay, what, what is the significance of a circle? Okay, what is the significance of a spiral? And I mean, one of the first things I will say in both circles and spirals, no beginning, no end. Yeah. Okay. There is no seat of power, so to speak. In other words, if I exist in your organization, I'm important. Even if I'm making the tea, I'm important. But my role and the way my role is defined and the responsibilities attached to that role will differ. So it's a very interesting, very different mindset, very different way of being. And, and again, as I say, when we, when, we, when we birth 
these new business models. And, and then the business obviously takes it on board and we start shifting the behaviors. That's where the behavior alchemist comes in, in terms of, of what I do. Mm. It really is dynamic what starts to happen. It's magnetic what starts to happen. Really special. Wow. It's very exciting. And I have to say that I'm latched onto every single word and expression that you're making. And uh, I, I think it's fantastic. I am going to go back to one thing, though, which was I thought was very interesting. At the very beginning that you talked about the difference between all of them, all of the generations. Mm -hmm. And now my question is, what are the similarities? Wow. Great question. Absolutely great question. Okay. So I, I tell you where I want to go with this. I want to go into the intelligences, if I could. Okay. Because mm-hmm. this, is, this is an area I've spent a lot of time researching and observing. And, you know, in the focus groups, I, I, I spend a lot of time looking and observing the intelligences. So, and I, I'm going to look at probably six for now. So let's look at emotional intelligence, EQ. Mm-hmm. Let's look at logical, otherwise known as as IQ, creative, sensory, which is interesting. So how these how these generations use their 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 senses, okay? Agility, which is definitely a a, a quotient now, and love, okay? Because, and I know these the last two sound quite. Um, well, certainly from a business perspective, maybe quite uh, kumbaya. <laughs> mm. I don't know if that's a term you're aware, you're familiar oh, with. Yes, but it's one, yeah, okay. But they're very relevant when it comes to certainly the Z generation. So, okay. So now you ask for similarities. So let's go to emotional intelligence, EQ. Baby boomers, Gen X, and Gen Z. Those three generations have EQ in abundance. Millennials do not. This is, and of course, Kevin, you know, when I talk about generations, and I'm I'm sure I'm stating the obvious here, but I'll say it anyway, we are generalizing, right? Mm, mm, mm. You know, it's not to say that every single millennial out there does not have EQ, but but these are the characteristics that we've observed from a, a, a generalized perspective. But Millennials really lack an EQ. Now, why social media? Okay. Simon Sinek did a fantastic YouTube video on this. And the millennials really didn't like it. But it's it's absolutely true that social media really has, has affected this generation's ability to tap into emotions big time. Mm. You know. So things like empathy, you know, an emotion like empathy. Quite honestly, you know, I can, I, I've met somebody, I've dated her one or, or two times. I can, you know, it's okay. I can just break up with her on WhatsApp. I don't have to feel it. I can just send her WhatsApp, say, you know, I don't think this is working. Thanks, but no thanks. And I don't, I don't actually have to look at her. I don't have to see the pain or the heartache or the whatever that that I've caused in another individual. And, and so I, I just eventually start tapping out of any form of empathy or compassion or caring. So this is a, a it's a big void in the millennial generation. And um, interestingly, when we cross-pollinate mentor, 
one of the, 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 the fascinating dynamics that happens is when the boomers start sharing EQ, emotional intelligence, with the millennials. It's amazing what starts to happen. So that, that's a, 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 you know, a, an interesting dynamic. Let's move on to IQ, so logical intelligence as we call it. So this is where Generation X, Millennials, and Zs all have what we term this logical intelligence, not so much the boomers. So the boomers, if you remember, you know, were, were the children born out of, out of war. So, you know, they were very much the trailblazers of their time. Okay, but sort of just had to go and make things happen, you know, so they were creative, absolutely. But in the main logical, not so much. They've learned possibly down the road forms of logic, but it's not, it, we, what we've observed, it's not as innate as it is with the X's, the millennials and the Z's. Right, creative intelligence, who shares creativity, boomers without doubt, Millennials, without doubt, Generation Z. Gen Xs, no. This is an area they lack. Now, why? Let's look about. Let's look at the Gen X generation. Probably, it is a, what it's been proven smallest generation on the planet. But this is the generation that arrived. I always say arrived on the planet to fight causes. Now, if you take the South African perspective, it's the Gen Xs. I'm a Gen X. We were the generation that fought apartheid. We were the generation of women, Gen X women, that fought for equality. So this is a generation that, that has a very kind of, I want to say, almost warrior energy, you know, there to, to really kind of stand up and fight for a cause which doesn't really lead to creativity if you think about it. Okay, sensory. Now, this is interesting. So being able to tap into all six senses, not five, six senses, intuition being a sense, Gen Z, none of the others. Agility. So what we're finding, you know, which of the generations that absolutely find the ability to to shift and move and be agile and it's innate is clearly the two younger generations. That would be the millennials and the, and the Gen Zs. It's, it's, it's very normal for them. And then lastly, we look at the love quotient here and the love generation on the planet right now are the Gen Zs. And they genuinely love. They get it. They understand it. They tell each other they love each other. They tell their elders that they love them. They love the animals on the planet. They love the planet herself. It's quite amazing to observe. Wow, these are beautiful. My God, you are amazing. Our audience is going to get a mouthful, an earful. They're going to get everything <laughs> from you. And I have to say that there's also very interesting when I was doing a lot of work with the, as I say, with nomadic cultures. And they said to me, when I, they shared with me the attributes and what they believe in and all of these different aspects of their behaviors of, on the ground level, they said, this is the intelligence of the nomad. Oh. So now you have a new one. It's called NQ, 
it is nomadic intelligence as well. I love that. Oh, wow. So, you know what, Kevin? So we need, to, we need to talk more about that and we need to actually define, you know, what those are. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, and, and, and how that NQ relates to, obviously, the different generations. Oh, I love this. Mm. Yes. So this is a great thought. And, and I mean, oh, gosh, we could go on forever, I think. We so could. Because <laughs> I love talking to you. And, uh, but one of the things that I wanted to kind of end on is that mm. let's come back to where we are today with the society and what needs to happen so that there is this new shift and paradigm which are being asked to along the way now to not just rethink but new think as you talk about and yep. new do and the sources not the resources but the sources of humans that can make this happen and shift and change so that we actually have a planet yeah absolutely oh such a beautiful question you know, I've, I've really, I've been spending this, uh, I don't, I'm not calling this time that I've been given lockdown, I can't bear the term, but I've been calling it my phase of being. And while I'm in this phase of being, I've, I've you know, such beautiful stuff that's been coming to me. So I think the new, new, Kevin, mm. is talk about blending. I, I, it's almost blending 10x, right? Well, maybe even 100x in the sense that with all due respect to, you know, the boomer generation and the X generation, yes, there is wisdom. And we absolutely get that. And that's amazing. And this wisdom is going to be a great grounding element. But in order to shift into new and the new new, we cannot do it without the millennials and the Gen Zs. It's just, it, it, it cannot be done without them right? But, and so I'm going to go to organizations now, because actually what we are seeing at the moment, and I don't know if you're seeing it, if it's happening on a global perspective, but certainly in the South African business landscape at the moment, C-suites, ex-executives have gone right back into command and control. So, you know, all the beautiful stuff that's been done um, prior to this in terms of, you know, moving out of the real you know, autocratic kind of uh, leaderships, we, we literally are now seeing back into that, you know, which is tragic from my perspective, really, really tragic. But maybe it's necessary for the short term, I don't know. But command and control moving forward is not a new paradigm, so that it's not going to work in, 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 the new, in the new way. So for me, it's about how do these decision makers in inverted commas start bringing in the revolutionary thinking? Well, yeah, let's take the re out of that. The new thinking. Evolutionary. Beautiful. Absolutely. Thank you. The evolutionary thinking of these younger generations, particularly the Zs. And so I think I was sharing with you when we met in, 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 in Cape Town, one of the part of, of gen blending, it's, I don't do it in every organization, but in those that, that are brave enough to go there, we literally bring in squads of youngsters. So we have literally sort of, your, you know, your, your, your gen X, I mean, your, sorry, your gen Z 
um, youngsters with a couple of millennials. And we bring these guys in as a squad. And these guys sit face to face with a C-suite. So they, are, they almost become, they blend with C-suite. They start blending with the boomers and the Xs that are sitting in, in these decision-making uh, levels in an organization. And they become part of, of the strategies that are happening. They become part of the future conversations because these are the generations that are, are, are going to be the navigators of the day after tomorrow. And what does that look like? For goodness sake, it's changing daily. So if you don't have these guys on board contributing as equals, and this is the, the key thing, simply bringing their evolutionary thinking, then I, I really question whether you're actually even going to survive, let alone thrive in the new way. So, yeah, that, that's, that's where my, my space is, Kevin, in terms of what does the future look like? You, you know, we've, we've got to be bringing these youngsters in at, at these decision-making levels or even at these strategizing levels, these design thinking levels. Mm. Um, yeah. Wow, it's fantastic. I would like to share one quote that was given to me by a beautiful Maasai warrior during our conversations. And he said, we are migrating. Where we were is not where we are. We are evolving. Wow. And there's no re in that. They, no. We are migrating. Migrating is the most beautiful word, which has become blasphemous in so many different parts of the world today. But it's an absolutely oh. gorgeous word, which means movement. It means birth. It means yes. renovation. It means a growth. It, it's everything. Oh. It's a beautiful. And he says where we were, in which he was talking about the Messiah culture, is not where we are today. And yes. we are evolving ongoingly. And so it's that whole sense of evolution that we have yep. forgotten. And this is mm -hmm. a point right now, today, we are experiencing a fast track of evolution if we want to yep. look at it from a very broad perspective. Yeah. And what you have shared no today is absolutely so phenomenal and exactly what CEOs need to know, whatever age they are about the yep. blending is so important. It's not just blended learning. This is so uh, left-brained. No. That's, yeah. that's got so nothing linear, to do. So linear, right? It's, <laughs> it's just like very box again. We're going into yeah. blended learning. No. What you're talking about is fluidity. I'm talking about fluidity. I'm talking about quantum. Yeah. 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 It, it's, it's the quantum space without a... And the thing is, Kevin, you know... We haven't explored quantum, right? No. We just literally haven't. We've all, you know, we were so used to linear mm. that that this is so. So even you know, for the likes of you and I, I mean, you know, quantum is like what these kids, with all due respect, and I say that with so much love, but these youngsters get it. They totally get this space. Yeah. So, very exciting. Well. It is truly exciting. I, I, I'm just so pumped by this particular mm -hmm. conversation. And I want to thank you so much for giving us such a wonderful, wonderful podcast. And, and you know, South Africa is on the, the rise, even though people say it's not. But Africa yeah. is on the rise, as you ha we have talked about in Cape Town. And uh, it's just a matter of time for that quantum leap, which is going to happen there because they're going to leap past everything else.
totally totally agree and that's possibly another podcast we can do absolutely it is, is the rise of africa because without doubt we are seeing it and feeling it obviously being here so yeah let, let's let's park that for another one but i just want to say thank you i mean honestly it, it's i've loved this and i've i've loved sharing with you and um I feel like you're a soul brother. <laughs> oh, you my soul um, sister, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that we need to just go there and and just spread this beautiful stuff. It's amazing. Absolutely. So I want to thank you, Allison, in Cape Town, and enjoy your time of in wherever it takes you in this discovery period, this evolutionary period. Thank you, Kevin. You too, and gratitude, gratitude for the opportunity. Thank you so much. You have been listening to The Nomadic Mindset Season 1. My name is Kevin Cottom, and I invite you to find out more about The Nomadic Mindset at thenomadicmindset.com. Until next time, make it a point to go nomading and start discovering your nomadic mindset.